Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bum Podcast, episode number 269. Nice. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, Boom. up. Not much. Just trying to plan for skiing and snow, and it's it's getting to the to the time of year, and it doesn't feel like it's a time of year, but it is a time of year. It's been a strange start to things. There's no doubt about it. It's been a lot of, you know, early hype, then sadness, then massive hype again. It's been ups and downs. It's been a roller coaster. Been, like said it's been a very roller coastery start for sure. Yeah, and I don't even know what to think these days. It's a tale of completely different ski existences, life everything right now east coast versus west coast but wherever you are you're making it happen you're getting it done that's all you can do it's a beautiful thing there's no fighting though east coast west coast it's different we're all out for getting the snow it just is what it is at this point so we'll talk more about that later and we're going to revisit the algorithm after this interesting week we've had of snow and madness in lift lines so check that out thank you so much for listening we do appreciate it Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. We are on your favorite podcasting apps. Rate and subscribe. We are also on social, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, untapped, at skibumpodcast. Send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. I want to give a big shout out and thank you to our sponsor, Paradise Skis. Yeah. They make seriously fun skis. They're all about making skiing as fun as possible, whether that's shredding laps in Hawaiian shirts bringing the parking lot up right or getting up early to go for that huge backcountry objective. It's their mission to build skis and snowboards that allow our customers to enjoy every single day in the mountains. Go to their site, paradiseskis.com. Use the code SKIBUMP15, 15% off. If you're doing resort skiing, grab the reds. If you're doing backcountry, grab the blues. If you're a snowboarder, get the greens, split board, make it happen. Thank you so much. Paradise Skis, Mario. Let's kick it off the way we always do. It's time for our pray today. So I'm going to have to reach out to Paradise in by February. See if we can hook up. Hopefully you uh, will be going out to... I mean, they're all Banff. over Calgary and Banff. I'm going to do Calgary for three days and then Banff. So There you go. Thinking about trying to get a little place in Calgary, in Calgo. So Look at you. I love it. We'll see. Little Monopoly by the uh, you know the the Calgary, um, what is it Venters? <laughs> by Venters in Calgary, whatever it is, you know whatever the Calgary version of that. Just got to buy them a little, <laughs> a little piece of land. There you go, Put make it hotel. happen. Put up a hotel. Good. All right, so my uh, my apre is simple but complicated. So there's been a lot of talk about you know, the seltzers and everything. And they're, as a man, I'm kind of like, you know, I want to stick to beer, but (laughs) I do like my seltzers. So I decided, let me, let me, let me take a walk with the devil again. Uh, Because I did have one of these even before the seltzers came around. So that's how long these have been around. So I have now the Michelob Ultra Infusion. Michelob Ultra Infusion. So they've had these around for a while. 
Now, this one is, they changed the, the marketing of it. The can is a slim can, just like the sparkling seltzers. Um, it is a beer. It's a 4% beer. So it's not, not heavy, which is good. You just pound them all day. And this has a pomegranate and agave hint. Um, I got to say, I got a mixed pack of these because I was like, I think Bud Light and then Michelob Ultra did the Ultra Infusions a while back, but in the bottles I had them. And they were easy drinking. I, I think I did like a lime agave one and something else. They had like different flavors. Now they change the flavor profile. They have the sparkling seltzers, the one thing. And now they have these. Um, but it's still a beer. End of the day, still a beer. So see? Look at that. Nice little head on that. That looks beerish. Light drinking tastes like tastes like a seltzer water. It tastes kind of almost like a little bit beery version of a of a seltzer, sparkling seltzer. So I think this is a compromise for me. This might be the new way to go for the compromise. Beery sparkling seltzer. So when we were up at Killington a couple of weeks ago and we were having some like hot tub drinks, one of the things that I grabbed because Andrea was not feeling beer. I'm like, okay, cool. How about I grab some some seltzers? And I went to the little deli place and unfortunately, like they only had 12 packs and I did not want a 12 pack. Yeah, so I need something that was, tough. I just wanted a sixer. Unfortunately, the only thing they had a sixer in was like the Bud Platinum. Yes, that's their seltzers. What's it called? Like it's like platinum. Bud Platinum Seltzer. Yeah. And I heard I heard decent things about it. I didn't know much about it, but it was the only one that was a six pack. So I grabbed it. I did not realize they were eight percenters, man. Yes. Like they so, were humdingers. And the thing is, once you get to that level of alcohol, you start getting that taste. So they which, have two versions. There's the regular seltzer, the Bud, they have the Bud Light seltzer, and then they have the Bud Platinum, the premium seltzers. Yeah. So the Bud Light seltzers are only like, I think they're five or 4%. But then the one that you got, like the Platinum one, yeah. those are like fucking eight percenters. I mean, they will put you down. Yeah, they were eight percenters for sure. Oh yeah, I I did not realize that they were eight percenters either. Like, and just some light drinking. You know, it was it wasn't really even like it started having like a weird taste to it, like a very fake, very unnecessarily boozy taste to it. It's like somebody pours you know Everclear saying? in a beer and they give it to you, and you're like, this doesn't make it better more alcoholic it just makes it more alcoholic tasting yeah i wasn't i wasn't really super thrilled with it i gotta be honest it just yeah. it tasted i wanted something kind of light and chill and it was that's usually why you have a seltzer and exactly. to have like a jacked up seltzer just seems like but why am i even drinking this like i should be drinking I'm you, try this different Michelob ultra was infusions. It? <laughs> now that, Illusions. That's like Illusions. the one with THC infused. Now that could be a whole nother market they have. Boom. Now these are organic too. So this is the, so this line, the Michelob Ultra Infusions, it's from their organic line, right? So they're all organic. They have the gold. The three pack came with the gold, which is the regular Michelob Ultra organic. 
then they have the pomegranate agave and they have like a lime something in it. Um, and not too bad. I tell you what, the pomegranate I really like and the regular I like. The the lime one, I, I got to be honest, not not a big fan. It has mm. a weird... Yeah, fake lime is not a tasty flavor. I just like fresh lime. I don't like the roses. Like even when I get a gimlet, there's no, don't put the fucking fake stuff. Just give me real lime. Like I, I got a, and now I'm a snob. I want the key lime. The, was it Joe's key lime? <laughs> when you put the pies. That uh, Nelly, is, Nelly and uh, oh, that one's great in a freaking, in a gimlet. You use that. Mm. But yeah, so this isn't too bad. I got to say these are light, easy drinking. Got the little fancy girl that can. Yeah. But yeah. Well, nice, easy drinking, full body. Oh, yeah. Has a hint of beer and pomegranate. Hint mm. of beer. <laughs> so I am actually, with my apre today, I am taking it. I'm sort of taking your apre last week, Ooh, but also that. taking it back. Taking it back a bit. If you don't remember, last week, Mario had a delicious, new to me, appetite today. Blueberry the tea? Blueberry tea. Yeah. And I actually made the day after I got the orange pico tea. I used Did Quantra. you get real orange pico tea or did you get orange tea? I got the Twinings. Orange pico. Real deal. Okay. So that's a real deal. You know what I found out? Like looking for, I'm like, it's got to be orange flavored tea. Me being such a stupid non-limey. Right now, anybody from England would be like, asshole, that's just, it's a uh, black tea. It's just a different version. So they have the Jarling tea and the Earl Grey and they have, believe me, I looked this up this whole week, English breakfast, afternoon, English, English afternoon tea. They have all these different teas and like orange Pico is a type of black tea, but I guess they call it orange Pico because of the flowers or something on the plant, but it's still fucking black tea. So you could have your Earl Grey, you could have regular Lipton's, whatever, and make this. So that segues into the blueberry tea. Right. (laughs) So, yeah, so you had that and that also, it had, it's that tea plus you add, Amaretto, Amaretto and orange liqueur. So I used yeah. Cointreau, which I had, which, okay. was, which was okay at best. And uh, the, whatever, the uh, Amaretto. Right. I did, I did, however, get a little silly. I actually got a handle of Grand Marnier because my wife went nice. to the liquor store. I was feeling the holiday spirits. Better with the Grand Marnier. That's what I make it with. It's probably better with the Grand Marnier. I haven't tried it yet with it, but I did get a handle of Grand Marnier, which wow. is a goddamn lot of Grand Marnier. But That's a lot. part of the reason I did that is it sends because a message. That sends a message. It sends a wife. serious message. We're drinking this with a lot of stuff. You can use it for margaritas. You can just drink it as an aperitif thing. What's better in orange juice for breakfast? Little Grand Marnier. Little Grand Marnier. Boom. But here's the thing. So my wife's at the liquor store and she shows me the, uh, you know, the um, shelf there, the handle, the 1.75 was like 60 bucks. The one liter was like 72. I'm like, what? get the handle before they realize they fucked up. Cause the new liquor store, it's total wine. They just wow. opened it. Awesome. Like, Maybe they fucked this up. Like we better get this. 
this is how I stupidly think about life. I'm like, get it. you should probably get it before they change it. Like they're going to know the difference. That's right. Then again, get 12 of them. <laughs> how many people want a handle's worth of Grand Marnier? You could split it. You could share it. Share love. You could do some fun stuff with Grand Marnier. Like, again, hey, neighbor, would you like a cup of Grand Marnier? I'm just bringing out, just bring a fucking like a solo cup. Like, I'm going to leave this for you. That's Grand Marnier. Don't worry about it. You're welcome. Dude, you can you can use it for margaritas. You can you can make it work. Margaritas are good. Yeah, that's great margaritas. We usually use Cointreau, but you can use Grand Marnier. You can go all baller that yeah. way. Yeah. I like Cointreau. I think I like Grand Marnier better. So that was the, the blueberry tea. I tried it. I really enjoyed it. I'm going to have some more again, probably over this holiday weekend. But These you got to get the full tea cup. Like you got to all yeah. tea and then just the little shots in there. And it's like, it's a nice little, hey, what's you? It's a little how you doing. It's nice. It sends a message. That's for sure. That's right. I decided I'm going to keep it warm, even though it's not really cold here right now. Like it's, it's going to be this weekend, almost 60 degrees and rainy because the East coast absolutely sucks. Wow. What I have going old school. One of our favorite apres ski drinks. Can't really see it. Cause in a oh. cup, I got my ski Vermont cup. I got some Do blue it. vine up in yeah. here. Trying to show, but also trying not to pour it over my brand new computer. Nice. I see it. I and see it. I poured it on myself before, which is not so good. That's all right. Makes blue vine, baby. If you are in the Alps, this is the quintessential apres ski drink. It is. It just tastes better there. Maybe it's the altitude. Maybe it's, I don't know. The only, okay. So when you're out, they have the warm, the hot wine, they call it. Which is sort of like glue vine. It's just wine that's been warmed up. Then there's the glue vine, which if you get it from a lot of places, it's like the Jaeger tea. A little disappointing because you're like, I think I can make better. I think you got to buckle up, make your own, and try it. Yeah, it's it's like with anything. It's like when you get like pre-made margarita mix. Like it's good, but it's not nearly as good as when you make your own. Guacamole, pre-made guacamole. Holy guacamole. Table-side guacamole. Dude, you'd make your own. Another level. It depends. Because again, there are levels to this life. Like how? what level do you want to be on? Do you want to be a basic bitch? The best is a table-side guacamole. People come over, they're making fucking guacamole. I'm like, I do this shit in my kitchen. I don't want to see you do it. But everybody loves a little flair. They like the little show. They do, do you want a little extra salt? Do you want a little extra pepper? I fucking do this at home. Why do I need to go to a restaurant and watch you make it? Like, I want it to come out. I don't want a table side. I want it to come out fresh. How about that? How about you make all your stuff fresh? Well, go to a restaurant. The nice thing is, fresh I, food. I think they do that because they want to prove to you no one's putting their balls in your guacamole, <laughs> which, you know what? I respect that. I, I respect the fact that they're being completely honest and there's it's no balls. It's a common substance to just want to rest your nuts in there, right? I mean, it just looks so gooey and wonderful. Imagine like in a hot, hot ass summer day, oh, you got some you cold guacamole right to just put your nuts put in. Them, put them nuts right in there. Oh, that sounds great. Be like you take the pit out and get one guacamole, put the <laughs> one nut on each <laughs> Just fucking chill it down. Who just knew it? cool you know it all what? down. Perhaps the first people who discovered avocados thought, oh, I could just put my balls in here to cool them off. Oh, avocado. That's the ball, the ball thing. And then some yeah. crazy bitch was like, I'm going to eat those now. And they're like, these are actually pretty good. It's like, you know what? They're even better if you don't put your nuts in them. <laughs> like, no, no, no. It flavors them a little more if you put noted, your nuts in them. Noted. Okay. We a can... little nut note. A little That's bit good. nutty. Bit nutty. Indeed. <laughs> so I got my glue vine. How did we make the glue vine? My wife did this. She's not German. She's not Swiss. Did you make a big batch or a little batch? Small batch? 
Do you even know me, bro? We handcrafted we got small the, batch, right? <laughs> we got the handcrafted jug of Carlo Rossi version. Shit, so yeah. You gotta start with the gut, the jug of Carlo Rossi. That is the Get base. The big pot going. Delicious big cauldron. Line. It's a cauldron. A cauldron of glue vine. Shit, yeah. that be, you know what? When we have our epic baller ski resort, the Apre Bar will have an always warm cauldron <sighs> of glue vine from the start of ski season to the end. Some places talk about their their starter at the same temperature, just below. It's like 180 degrees, maybe. All evaporation, like 180, probably. Is that too one, hot? No, no, it's too high. I think 120 was the highest. 120, 130, something like that. Is that it? Okay, I right. that that's that, cool with me. I got that. Uh, what the hell is the thing? It's the uh, the electromagnetic thing. What do they call those things? It's a little burner that's like electromagnetic. It's like a hot plate uh, kind of thing, or uh, infusion. It's the, not infusion. Um, shit. It's the uh, they do the stoves like that, but I have a burner like that, and you can put the the temperature exactly. So I put it just under one twenty, like one nineteen, one eighteen. Yeah. Um. I think induction is that induction what it is? Induction cooking, yes. Okay, induction. Have a, an induction like burner. You mm-hmm. put the pot on it. Oh, it's great. Yeah. So, glue vine. What is it? Again, start with the handle of Carlo Rossi. Chianti, Burgundy. We like the Burgundy just because that's what my dad's drink. It was just like a staple. So that's what I go with. Carlo Rossi Burgundy. That isn't the first ingredient. The first thing you do is you take oranges and lemons and you squeeze them out. And there's probably like, I think maybe four, four lemons, four oranges, squeeze it out, boil that. You put a little bit of rind in there too, for that flavor, the oils and some sugar, or I think my wife used monk fruit because she's trying to be healthy. Nice. And you mix it all in. You reduce that by about half. Again, there's different, different ways to make this. I know. Then you put in, then you put, just looked it up. They say alcohol evaporates when you're cooking at 172. Oh, wow. Okay. So I still think I don't go over 130. Let's say 150. Let's keep it nice and let's keep it nice and toasty. 150. Yeah. So, all right. So we're t- we have the orange, orange juice, lemon juice, rinds, sweetener boiling down in half. Then you nice. put in that jug of glue vine and some brandy. Mm. And that all just warms up, comes together. And again, give it like a couple days, a week. Just so sitting now, there. Cool. I know the real recipe calls the for what? Together. Some kind of black tea. Sh- some well, some what's versions the brandy, of though? it. Is it like a blackberry brandy or no? Some call for the plum, like the, the Slivowitz. It's a plum brandy. That's, right. that's doable. We the use the Asbach, which is really good brandy. But it's just good brandy. I like that. And some people, like my mom is one of those people. She's like, oh, you don't want to use the good stuff for cooking. It's like, <laughs> well, if you want the stuff to taste good, you use the good stuff when you cook or bake with it. But that's true. That's just an old school way of thinking. But like, like, you're not the having hot Osbach, right? Like you could have warm Osbach, but you want it with the wine and everything. I don't so know. That's what they use, the Osbach brandy. Nice. Um, and you let it just warm, stay warm, and you just drink it nice and warm, and it's delicious. You can reheat it, keep it cool. Other versions of it, like my family's version, they use black tea. They start out with black tea, nice. make like a couple couple tea bags and maybe, I don't know, 18 to 20 ounces of tea. You make that for a while. And then you do the oranges and lemons. And you could, again, use the Slivowitz, the plum brandy, 
Nice. And the red wine. Uh, and my mom actually used red and white an, wine. She used before both. Before doing everything, you get an avocado that's been in the refrigerator. Cut it in half. Put your balls inside and then start cooking. That's the Florida version. Yes. <laughs> if you want to do a Florida Alpine version, that's cool how you things do it. Down. That's how you do it. But yeah, I, don't, I know um, other members of my family, they actually use port wine and really? Rhine wine. So okay, it's one of those things. It's kind of like like chicken soup. You know, like every every family, everybody has a different their own little kinda, touch. Yeah. It's like the same similar results, but there's different iterations of it, which is pretty cool, I think. I like then, that. I like that. Yeah. So that's the version I have. I think it's delicious. It warms me up. I would love to be drinking it after skiing. But at this moment, we're here podcasting, and that's almost as fun as skiing. But I gotta say that blueberry tea, it goes get out of skiing and they can make it right up. You don't see the, the, the glue line. You got to prepare that. That's got to be. And the Jaeger tea is another one. Like you got to get that ready and then heat it up again. You know, how do you want to live your life? Right. <clears throat> yeah. Just do the instant. I think the blueberry tea, they could put in a pod maybe. Yep. Like blueberry tea pod. Yeah. Boop. hundred percent. So there you go. Glue vine. Delicious. If you want more information, email us, give on podcast at gmail.com. Mario. Let's go to ski news. Yeah. All right. So first up, we have Tahoe shatters a 50-year-old December snowfall record with more than 16 feet of snow. 16 feet of snow in one month. That is amazing and awesome. It got them December. yeah. So with four days left in December, they got a massive snow dump. Oh, it's like I just got all freaking ads. But they got a, a record snow dump. On Monday, December snow totals at the UC Berkeley Central Sierra Snow Lab reached 193.7 inches, blowing a 1970 record of 179 inches out of the water. So the lab located at boom. Donner Pass has received roughly 39 inches of snow in the past 24 hours and could break the 200 inch mark today. So, this is from a couple of days ago. Yeah. Yeah. But if anybody doesn't know the Donner Pass, there's a good story behind that. You should, you should Google that. Um, <laughs> it involves eating people, but you know, it is a wonderful story. There's a lot, and there's a lot of history around Donner Pass and like the Donner family and stuff like that. It's pretty incredible. But, yeah, so it's pretty interesting they have a little thing at the Donner Pass. Like, let's make sure this shit doesn't happen again. We got, like, people looking around, making sure nobody's stranded. Uh, but, yeah, they're saying uh, 6% of its peak average snow winter equivalent, which usually occurs around late March or early April. That is so insane. the median peak average is 27 inches. Today, it's 16.1 inches of snow equivalent to what was measured, they said. so. And one thing they said too is that I think the uh, the snowpack before this month was at like eighteen percent of what it needed to be because all the Tahoe snow sort of travels down the state and becomes the the water supply for Southern California, and they were mm. at like eighteen percent or something. And not even after this dump, I think it was the dump a week or two ago, they said they were at 98% of their, their snowpack expectation. So any sort of drought or anything 
is out the window. Avocados, almonds, strawberries, bullish Boom. this summer. They're coming out cheap. They're all. It's going to be your nuts. Better get ready because there's going to be avocados by the truckload waiting for you. Ah, uh, sweet, sweet music to my nuts. <laughs> <laughs> your nuts are dancing a jig right now. Damn, it's going to be a great day. I got to get special underwear to hold like the avocado head pieces. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs a cod I, piece when you got an avocado? I, I'm pretty sure that's um, was it like to exist sells those underwear. If you need that, MeUndies they might have those too. So <laughs> on top of that story, you got to put that in a banana hammock. So you right, do. show it off. What's up, show ladies? On top of that story, this is out today. We're recording this right before New Year's <laughs> Eve. And there's another snowstorm headed for the West. Mm. So they're talking about pretty much the, the 31st through New Year's. And they are saying that freaking California again could get another 6 to 16 inches in the Tahoe area. Boom. Unbelievable. They have just been dumped upon and if you're out there it's amazing if you're trying to get there and you can't get there because your flight's canceled or yeah you're snowed out like ah, sucks to be you man like that's just uh that's the way uler works sometimes they're saying that's the latest everything's getting like flights are getting canceled and shit like that like no it's it's not weather we just cancel the flights yeah yeah they're saying Washington, Oregon, you know, they're six to 12 inches Nice. out in the Northern Rockies. They're saying there should a foot of snow may fall by Saturday and like the Jackson hole. Um, they say like Schweitzer, Montana snow bowl, just a couple of inches, but then Utah and Colorado, They are getting pounded again. So most of the Wasatch are getting 8 to 16. Southern Utah into Arizona, 4 to 10. News that's important to Mario. Steamboat all the way down to Crested Butte, down to Telluride, Wolf Creek, 1 to 3 feet. Fuck yeah. In the next few days. So I will be in Crested Butte this time next week? Yes. Holy shit, dude. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, happening pretty quick. So there is mad dumpage happening all out west. And for our fellow East Coast skiers, what do you got? It's supposed to be rainy. Tulips, crickets. I, I, you know, I wish I had better news for everyone. Yes, we got. I think that's the only sound. If you are in the Mid-Atlantic, Pocono, New York State region, it's going to be rainy and in the 50s this weekend. So That's pretty good, right? Womp, womp, womp. Not good. I mean, On the Snow has a really great... I like the visual they have. And I don't know what kind of chart you even call it. It's, It's a a circle and then on kind of like a clock and you know, where all the, I don't know, every 20 minutes would be, there's a different ski resort and it shows the probability of snow. So, you know, if you look at like the center, that's like nothing. And then if it maxes out to the top of the circle, it's like best chances for snow. 
Killington is the only East Coast resort on this tracker, and it's Ooh. near the bottom again. Vale, Breck, Copper, Keystone, Loveland, A Basin, Winter Park, Eldora, Aspen, Steamboat, Crested Butte, Monarch, Telluride, Purgatory, Wolf Creek, Alta, Snow Basin, Snowbird, Park City, Brianhead, Mammoth, Tahoe, all maxed out. Also, Damn. Jackson Hole, Santa Fe, Taos, all maxed out. Hmm. Dumping. It's happening in all those places. So if you're out there, awesome. East Coast, man, this Christmas week has been brutal because I was just looking at Hunter's, what Hunter has open, what Killington has open. They are under 50% capacity on the one of the busiest weeks of the year. I Damn. can't imagine what those lift lines must be like. If you guys have any... <sighs> Any pictures or videos and you're posting on Instagram, please tag us on there because I want to see this. And we're going to talk about it more in, this in the main topic. Yeah. Well, again, it plays into the algorithm, which has become, it's just being modified again. Because we talked about it a couple times last year. It's being but modified it be. again. Like it should be taken into account. I like that you're including it. There are certain things that have to be taken into account that have become more important in the last few months. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, at West, if you are in those spots, man, you're going to have an epic next couple of weeks because there's going to be so much snow still there. And here I'm sitting here in my basement in New Jersey, very jealous, but enjoy. See, next week I'm supposed to go to Crescent Butte and I am excited, but I'm not really excited, excited because I'm like, I don't believe it's going to happen with the last few years that I've had, I don't believe anything's going to happen until it actually happens. So I'll get excited if, and when I get there and I actually see snow and I got my skis on, then I'm going to be stoked. There you go. But I don't know. I'm a little lackluster. You're a realist. And I appreciate that. I'm, I'm real. I'm, I'm too much of a realist lately. <laughs> Maybe I got to break out of the realism, but. Well, speaking of realism. Boom. Kayla Schifrin. She's getting. Keeping it real. She's testing positive for COVID and she will miss races as the Olympics get closer. So the 2022 Olympics are starting when they February, I think. Um, yes, they're definitely in February. I don't know if they're early or later. Oh, they run the 4th to the 20th. Mm. So she will miss. Uh, so Michaela will miss races early this week after testing positive for COVID-19. She already clinched a spot on the team for the Olympics. This little article that we're reading is saying it's uh, it's six weeks away. That kind of sucks, especially if you're like trying to go in fully ready. So she's leading the World Cup standing at 750 points by a landslide. She's leading a lot. I think the next closest they're saying is Italy's Sofia Gogia, who has... 115 points. Gosh, yeah, 750 yeah. to 115. I mean, that's, that's a pretty lot. big. Yeah. She's still doing the World Cup, you know, circuit and she's going to get back on the bike, you know, once she's once she's cleared to come back, but um yeah, so she's going to miss a little bit of time. Hopefully she uses that time to rest up and it doesn't affect her too bad. We're very hopeful for you. So, yeah, so she's going to miss the races in Linz, Austria, which are scheduled for Tuesday and Wednesday. Mm. She said she's doing well though. It's not like she's in the hospital or dying or anything. Like she probably feels Sitting fine back with a glass of wine just hanging out, waiting, riding it out. The picture she posted on Instagram is kind of funny. It's her just kind of with like a bummer face like like a meh. 
I'm like, what are you going to oh, do? Hmm, this sucks. Yeah. I should have been wasting my time testing because I feel fine. <laughs> Frowny face. Yeah. yeah. Should have tested. Fuck that thing. And they said the next World Cup race is a slalom in Zagreb, Croatia in about a week. So it's getting to the point where if you're an athlete, there's a lot of people testing for COVID-19. Why don't they have a COVID-19 Olympic category? So you play your sport with COVID. What do you think? They're they're canceling bowl games now Ah, because people are are having COVID. But they're also saying Not in Florida. I'm joking. (laughs) No, you're not. You're joking, but you're not joking. But they're also joking. But the CDC also came out and said that PCR tests are not effective because they can still show a positive even 12 weeks after you were infected. So at this point, nothing is even real. Like nothing, none of the, all of the data is fabricated. People are freaking out for unnecessary reasons. Everyone is just so amped up no matter what side you're on, left or right. They say to follow the science, but there's no scientific method in their reasoning. And it just baffles, baffles me. Well, yeah, they're saying to follow the science, but the quest, the problem is that when you try to question the science, you're considered an anti-vaxxer or anti-science. And the right. thing is with science, the reason why it is science is because it can be proven consistently that it is correct. Like I can go and talk off a welcome cliff. the challenge. They go, welcome the challenge. Gravity's and the not fucking real. Gravity's fucking bullshit, bro. And right. you just launch off a cliff and then you shatter all of your bones. You're like, I guess gravity might not be bullshit. Exactly. Like but the scientific you- method is all about questioning things. Why do we have to do that? That's bullshit test. That's a bullshit diagnosis. Show me the the, the real. I want to. I want to disprove your your hypothesis, right? But now everybody's like, nope. Just just follow it and blindly go where we do tell you to go. Do what you're told. So. Do what you're told. Yep. Exactly. Too much of that yapping, not enough following. Yep. Not enough cock and balls anymore. Everyone's just fucking wants to be scared and hiding Fuck inside it. and work from home. And I get Everybody it. Everybody wants to be an avocado. I want to be the balls on the avocado. Who wants just to saying. be the balls? Be the big hairy nuts. Yeah. In your Why life. do I want to be the avocado? Yeah. A lot of people want to be the avocado right now. Just a lot saying. of goddamn people. Yep. That's going to be my bumper sticker. Don't be the avocado. People, are going yep. to, I don't know what that means. Skibumpodcast.com. Podcast. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Skibumpodcast.com. Don't be what the avocado. What are you talking about avocados? Yeah. Episode number 269. Don't be the avocado. Don't be the avocado. I'm writing yeah. this down. So, you know, hopefully Michaela's going to be okay, which I'm sure she will be. And... Hopefully she can get back in and she can whoop some ass in the Olympics. This whole Olympics is going to be so wacky too, because there's going to be like no, no um, political people there. Which, well, is there even, there's not going to even be fans. Is there anything? I guess it could be kind of like locked down. No, man. I don't even know. It's China. You know, no go to Wuhan, have a damn, <laughs> have a damn bake off. No, there's no way I'm going there. There's going to be no spectators. There's like, what's it even going to be like there? It's going to be so bizarre. If China wants some press coverage, they could offer me and you to go fully comped. We'll cover it. China China was the most amazing, magical place. (laughs) That's right. Taiwan is bullshit. It's not even real. I'll be on a fucking respirator. But like, it was (laughs) such a great trip. All Taiwan is is another variant of COVID. Like it's not a real place. Nobody lives there. Nothing right. gets done there. It's bullshit. Exactly. It's all bullshit. Yeah. 
Speaking of not bullshit, though, another not bullshit. one last final kind of a bummer story. Backcountry skier killed in Colorado's first fatal avalanche this snow season. Damn. Deadly avalanche comes as avalanche danger is high across Colorado as a winter storm blankets the high country. This is from Christmas Day, actually. Skier was killed Friday in an avalanche west of Fort Collins, becoming the first person to die from an avalanche in Colorado this snow season. This is actually from our buddy Clark, who we had on a couple episodes ago, and yeah. he does some sick backcountry touring and training. We should go back and check out that episode. Have Isn't that the uh, Treasures guy too? I don't think so. But maybe. Oh, that's Clark. Never mind. I was thinking of last. Um, oh, oh, no. That was Sir William. Sir, Sir William knows the trash guy. I was mixing them up. Yes. Mixing it up. Yeah. So the Havalanche happened about 2 p.m. near Cameron Peak on the southeast end of South Diamond Peak, the Colorado Avalanche Information Center said. The slide happened in a steep below tree line area. Ooh. Yeah, it's a little nutty. The victim's partner was able to locate him with a transceiver and probe pole and extricate him from the snow, but he did not survive. Mm. The skier's body was recovered after dark Friday. The skier's name was not released. Deadly avalanche comes amid high avalanche danger across Colorado as a winter storm blankets the high country. Yeah, dude, that's actually in like the trees, like not even like way, way above. Like that's damn. like that's like imagine. I mean, how would you even like imagine an avalanche grabs you? And you're in the trees and it pretty much just like slammed you against a tree. Not as not I don't know if that actually happened. I think or, that's what you're looking at at that point. You're like, can I get saved by a tree, right? At that point. I mean, with the, but if you're stuck in the snow and it's pushing you and it's a steep enough part and you're in it, you're just gonna get like battered against the tree. It's almost like if like yeah. a giant like the mountain from Game of Thrones picked up a toddler and just swung its feet around and slammed it into a tree. That's yeah. pretty much what you're dealing with. That doesn't sound good. Not not fun. It sounds awful. Yeah, sounds terrifying. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's always tragic when you hear about stuff like that. Mm. Looks like it was uh, that's the about 150 feet wide and ran almost 100 vertical feet. Okay. It's awful. That stuff, you know. Again, unfortunately, this happens a lot in our the sport we love, and with these big dumpings, unstable snow underneath, this is what what happens. And you know, we're all searching for that fresh powder, and unfortunately, some people just need it too bad and and get caught up. And you got to watch yourself too. I mean, you can't yeah. be. You know, it's everybody wants to. Hey, oh, this this seems like a lot of fun. Great, but is it safe? You know, just gotta, yeah, is it worth it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, speaking of worth it, we're now going to roll into our main topic. Main topic. Main topic. So we talked about it a little bit before the algorithm. Talked about in the past things that are important. I'm actually trying to find the 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 image I have. I still have it up on my whiteboard upstairs, but I don't have it with me. And it's you know it's got all the things that we kind of break down to figure out where is the perfect place? What is your ski town of choice? What is like, what is the things that matter to you? And you kind of plot them. And based on that criteria, you come up with the ski town. That's the town for you. But it's important to set that criteria. A lot of people gloss over, but that's very important. And the cool thing about it is it's personalizable. 
Person, personalizable. Personal. That's a very technical word. Yes. Personal. What is that the right word? Personalizable. Yeah. Able to be personalized. You can Perfect. personalize it. Thus, it is personalizable. Yeah. That's a weird word. Personalizable. I'd use it. Yeah. And so things we had on there is like, you know, population, distance to airport, length of ski season, distance to... That's the beauty. You could have whatever you want on it because it's personalizable. It's personalizable. But we give you guidelines and you can tweak, you know, you can tweak the knobs and adjust the dials. And that's cool because it's all about what's important to you. And one thing that's become more important to me over the last couple months is, is the town resort ski hill a Vale Mountain? Because oh. God damn it, it seems like everything that touches Vale Resorts right now is turning to shit. Everything except the stock price, of course. Oh. Which, you know, let's it's take going a look up at and up. good old Yahoo Finance and see how MTN is doing. I took a little drubbing today. It's down to three twenty nine a share. Oh, but then again, if you had purchased it during the the massive dump when COVID started, you still would have more than doubled your money at this point. It was more at one forty seven at its low. Even if you bought it when it went up and it dropped to one eighty two, you would have almost doubled your money because it's at three twenty nine now. Damn. This past week, there is a Instagram handle called Epic Lift Lines. And if you're on Instagram, I would highly recommend you look at them because they have been posting some fantastic videos and images in their story right now. And I think they're showing they're showing Keystone, they're showing Park City, they're showing Wildcat up in New Hampshire. And these lines, I mean, they were saying, this is a bit anecdotal, but I was do, looking at the the um, comments on some of these. They were saying that some of the lines at Park City were 90 minutes long. Damn. 90 minutes long. And these long. are places that classically didn't see nearly that long of a lift line. Yeah, and you just and they were showing Veil today too. I mean, Gondola One just all the way through the village, almost to the covered bridge this morning. I mean, Damn. just an absolute nightmare. These are so bad. Afton Alps. And they're saying that um I think it's pronounced Crotch Mountain, Crocheted Mountain uh, up in New Crotch. Hampshire. It's crotched. We're calling it the crotch. I mean, they Crotching. can't even like they can't even open. Damn. And there's places that are south of there that are open. Like Vale has been just moving so much of their, you know, their I don't know if it's their their snowmakers, the the staff there. They're moving them to other mountains, the bigger mountains, and a lot of these smaller ones are just pretty much screwed over. SOL. They they don't have they're spreading everybody too thin, right? Big time, yeah. Now that said, they were showing an icon resort, Sunday River, that the lines were also a bit of a nightmare down there. But I will say, on the East Coast, as I mentioned before, this has been a awful start to the season. 
I mean, like I said, Killington and Hunter, two of the bigger mountains on the East Coast. One, yeah. Icon, but not owned by Altera. One being Epic, Hunter. They have less than 50% open right now. Wow. And everybody on the East Coast from New York and Boston going there, right? are going to those places. That's the tough part. You can't control who goes there. You can only yeah. control what's open, right? Yeah. And they also show, too, they show Waterville Valley, which is an Indy Pass. Resort. Oh, yeah. 2,000 feet of vertical. No, you know, just on the Indy Pass. Looks beautiful. Great. And lines aren't bad at all. Nice. Yeah. So it's you just, just wonder. Yeah. It's, it's really tricky. And I know. But that definitely something that plays into the algorithm now. It's very tough for these resorts now, especially these smaller ones, to get help. Because again, people are still you're getting paid to not work. And yeah. why would you go and make an effort to work when you're getting paid the same amount to not work? Right. I mean, human beings, humans by nature will do as little as possible to achieve the results they want. We're and all you're guilty lifties, of it. So you're already in that category of like, look, man, I just want to get a lift pass for my work. Like that's why I'm working. For sure. Unless you're super passionate about helping people. Yeah. Get on yeah that's great too. It. So I've decided to tweak my algorithm a bit. And again, having having it not be an epic slash veil resort pushes the number much higher. So that's a criteria to like that's kind of part yes of the criteria. No criteria in there. Yes. At this point it's an it's an epic no gets a higher than an epic yes. All right. So do you wait it? Is it is it a waiting system? So if it's, they're it's epic, all it's it's not it all, yeah, it's all weighted. Yeah, yeah. based on, on things that are of greater importance. Nice. So right now I am down to two places. Oh, and the funniest here. the funniest thing about it is I've never been to either of them. That's the most all right. If you want to know about how my brain works. This is the insanity level that it works at. I've not been to either of these two places and I'm ready to move to either one of these two. Just move right on. Side unseen. Do you want to hear what those two places are? Let's go. Let's do it. Number one, Steamboat Springs, Colorado. All right. I like where you're going. Number two, Whitefish, Montana. Hmm. Those right now are my two places. Now, if the cost of real estate was eliminated from those categories. Oh yeah. It would be big sky and Jackson hole. But unfortunately I can't even buy property in those two places because it's so fucking ridiculous at this point. Like you look at Wilson, Wyoming, and that's which is the area. Like, like if you're driving from Jackson into Jackson hole, like that's the town you go through. Okay. The housing is insane. The cost of Housing is absolutely bananas. Same with Big Sky, the same thing. Because you got Bozeman about an hour north, and Bozeman is not cheap as it used to be, but it's, it's like you town. Can, it's it's getting to be a bigger city, and you got the university there, which is which is great. But that whole like uh is it like Gatlin or Gatlin that you go through to get to Jack's uh Big Sky, that's getting stupidly expensive too. And you got the Yellowstone Club nonsense, which is, you know, that obviously plays into it as well in the Big Sky area. Uh, But Whitefish and Steamboat, 
mm. seemed to be because I used to like I was I was almost ready to move to Salt Lake City. I was like that's my spot. And then yeah. I've been seeing these lines getting into big and little cottonwood on the weekends. And you're like, well, duh, everybody moved out here already. Like right. the, the prices they of real all estate, did it. everyone would look at those lines at Park City. I'm like, fuck off Park City. Cause I was looking there yeah. too, but it's just, it's gotten so insane. Now, the one thing I do have a glimmer of hope for in the future is that, cause again, the real estate is a big chunk of this because I yeah. want to own shit. I can't, that's why we're the highfalutin ski bums. We're not just the regular ski bums. That's I want right. to. I want to dominate completely. I want to own my stuff. I want to go up in value. I want to start a compound and empire. And you look Boom. at these places, and so, like there's so many places that are just building where they can. Like I, you look at Park City, how it's expanding and growing, and they're building all these new places, and everything is super expensive. And a lot of it is over the last two years, the pandemic people have been either piecing out of the big cities, you know, San Francisco, LA, yeah. New York, Chicago. And they're like, you know what? I'm screw this. I'm moving out to the mountains that, or people are buying properties as Airbnbs. Mm. And I know we've talked about in the past where I think, I think it was Breckenridge that was trying to ban Airbnbs. Yeah. And I don't think that's the right thing to ban it. I just hope the market in general, like once we all get past COVID, which we seem to be moving very close and very rapidly in that direction. I don't want to jinx it, but it looks that way. Hopefully people start just going to hotels. Hopefully hotels have learned something in this process and are going to change a bit of their... Right now is with COVID. They're like, we don't have to provide any services. And we just charge you the same amount. Well, yeah, they're, being, they're yeah. being lazy about things. Like, right. now I will tell you that place at the mountain in a Killington, that's where we stayed when we were up there. They were doing an awesome job because they had a distillery in the hotel, they nice. had a restaurant, they had a co working space. Like, they had some cool stuff to like, so they get were innovating in that's there. Yeah. Yes, they were innovating and they're, they're changing like things up and making it more, more things that are kind of, that you might not be first think of like, Oh my God, our hotel should have that. But when you right. go to a hotel that does have that, you're like, Oh dude, this is great. I love this. They had an outdoor heated pool. They had a lot of stuff going on for it. And I, I nice. like that idea. And I think hotels have to innovate in that way. Instead yeah. of having like, we have 19 conference rooms. We have the exact same bullshit rooms. Like you got to start changing it up room, a bit. I'm calling you for a big booking. I'm not booking a hotel room. I don't care. When I look at your website and I see the conference room, it means nothing to me. Absolutely yeah. nothing. Like what is like real stuff that real people are actually going to use yeah. every day that makes their stay more enjoyable? That's the or, stuff they got to look for. And I'll see the I was breakfast like, station in the morning or the coffee where it is. Like that's what I want to see. That's important stuff. I've stayed at Airbnb once. And I will tell you, I like it was fine. It was nice. But... One thing I've noticed too, because this Killington stay, I was looking at Airbnbs as well. And I found some cool condos that I, I've stayed in similar ones, like the same complex, just different one. Like the place that you guys stayed at. The yeah. one, um, those, uh, it's not High Ridge. It's the one, yeah. it's not Edgemont. It's not High Ridge. That's that other <sighs> condo complex that's High, right there. Oh, not uh, Wiffle Tree. It was it's uh, not Wiffle Tree. It was near Wiffle Tree. It's the one that, it's pretty much like the first one. 
that's down Mountain Road below the Killington Grand Hotel. And I'm looking yeah. up right now because I have that's to know. pretty nice. They're really nice. They're especially nice when the Trail Creek. Trail They're Creek, great definitely. when there's enough snow and the ski out trail is open. So you can actually ski right off a snow shed right to the condos. That's yeah. super cool. So I was looking at one of those and I'm like, oh, you know, 200 bucks a night. That's not terrible. And then of course there's taxes, but we're fucking Airbnb bangs you That's in the ass. Fee. That cleaning fee. Yep. This place for two nights in a one bedroom condo was $600. For cleaning fee? What do you think I am going to do to your condo? I'm not Keith Moon. We are not the who. We're not going to decimate your condo. Six hundred fucking dollars. It's all that, that COVID. It's all that COVID mad. breathing in the air. That's what they're saying, which is bullshit. Is Martha Stewart going to clean the goddamn bathroom with and clean the grout in like a French maid outfit with a with one of those two hundred dollars toothbrushes? Like I I don't understand what this cleaning fee was. Six hundred bucks. I'm cleaning that shit myself and Madness. pocketing that rest of that. Madness. I think part of it might be you know like when you buy stuff on eBay, and sometimes you get to place that like oh this is like super cheap, but the shipping they're like banging yes. in the ass for like exactly. ten times more. They don't take a percentage off of that. So say you're selling something for twenty bucks eBay takes, what is it, 10%, so $2. Right. If you sell it for 10 bucks and your shipping is double, they're only getting a buck because they're taking yep. that same percentage. They're not taking it from the shipping. So exactly. I think it might be that same kind of thing where you're getting taxed or doing whatever against the cost of the night of the, the Airbnb, not the, cl- the cleaning fees, like a separate thing that you get to like deduct if you're an owner. So I actually hope, and I was listening to Tim Dillon on Joe Rogan and he hates Airbnb and trashes them all the time too. Oh yeah. And, and I really do hope that that company just gets, I, I hope they just get banged in the ass because so, I know so many people idea. who've been buying all these freaking places. Just the Airbnb. Yeah. They're, they're just buying in all these resort towns and that's why the prices are so exorbitant. Now I oh, don't yeah. think again, there should be any sort of government mandate or anything like that because that's ridiculous. Let, let the yeah. free market decide this. But again, these hotels, if they want to step their game up, there are so many customers that they could be taking that they're losing because they're not stepping their, their game up. They're not, they're not right. improving their, what they're offering to the clientele. But the realtors love it because you got more people buying properties. You got the property managers love it. Cause they're like, yeah, we're going to manage all these properties. Like there's a lot of other people on top of that, that are, that are looking for that to keep it going. You know? Yes. For people who want to actually move to a ski town, we fucking hate you Airbnb. Yeah. Because they want to make it accessible to everybody to sort of live in a ski town. It's like, well, it's not really living there. And it's still going to drive. The the bottom line, though, and every ski town is having this problem. It's getting worse and worse. Every ski town, all the people that they bring in to work there can't afford to live in the town. So what do you do? You have all these rich people that want to have services. They want to have the people around to do the snow removal and all the the concierge services that they get but where are they going to live you know they're people too and they got to live in if you don't have it in town it's not attractive to be a ski bum and work for peanuts just to get a lift ticket if you can't even be in the town yeah 
That's the purpose of it. Yeah, and again, I'm on Zillow right now. I'm looking at Killington because I was just there. Right, the, all those condos that are there, right by the mountain. I mean, like we just mentioned, Trail Creek. There's Edgemont. There's Pinnacle. Pinnacle there's Mountain yeah. Green. There's the High Ridge. There are hundreds, probably maybe thousands of condos. There's kind of thousands units. Yeah, there are two yeah. for sale. They're so both I was talking in Mountain to John Green, about that. And he, they're acting for two seventy nine and two ninety nine. Those places, I remember looking at one of those two years ago. They were going for less than half of that. Like yeah. it's madness. Well, so I was talking to John when he came down. He's down recently. He's big into real estate as well. And we were talking about Killington. He's like, there's literally there's like no property up there to buy. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's just it's saturated. He's like it's a shortage. Like if you can create a condo out of nothing, that's, that's what you're at right now. Yeah. And I wonder too, with that whole village that we're talking about where that's at, if that's ever going to manifest. I'm just wondering why that hasn't taken off yet. A lot of people owning those condos are the ones trying to fight for that. That's part of the problem is they're like, well, we own the condo. We don't want to be competition. And then you look at it like, well, but if you had a village, that's the reason that you would stay near there in the first place, right? Like kind of a catch 22. Yeah. I mean, they have the pictures of it on the live or live killington.com. They're showing pictures of where it would be and what it would look like, but still not not getting built. I don't see any groundbreaking or nothing on it. Not a thing. No, that's for sure. And you know, yeah, it's uh and I'm sure when the World Cup was going around, like, hey, come on in. You could invest in this and still nothing going on. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. But yeah, it's just, it's nutty with these last two years, this whole lockdown, this COVID, what it's done. Because again, you know, talked about it plenty of times in the past. Whistler, we've talked to people in Park City. We've been to places like Telluride and Jackson Hole where... I mean, you really do have to be a billionaire to live in those yeah. towns. That's just what it's become, unfortunately. Unless, you know, I mean, if you want to rent and you could bum it and hang out with, live with five other people in a two bedroom. But again, I'm in a different point in my life right now. I'm in a point in my life where I have a family and I can't be living like that anymore. Like I want to, I want right. to give them a good experience. I want to live in a place where they can go to good schools and have plenty of time. If you're listening and you own a place like that and you want to give us a wing of the house, that works like a private wing. We definitely are looking to set up a West coast operation. Yes. West coast studio. West coast. If you have a chalet that needs house sitting in the winter, like we could do that too. Yeah. Property management in the winter. We can make that work. House sitting, winter house sitter, winter house sitting. We're there. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, it makes you think differently when you start kind of seeing how things have played the last few years. And like I said, I was at, up at Killington a couple weeks ago and I could not believe how crowded it was. Yeah. Jammed with people. You know, and I think everybody's been so pent up in the big cities. They see a little opportunity and now everybody's going nuts. And it's like, wow, like this whole outdoor just being outdoor and skiing and biking and hiking and being in the outdoors everybody's going nuts over it's or they went nuts over and i gotta imagine some of the the lofty flying high people are going to come back to reality a little bit because now 
places are saying, oh, you got to go back to the office. So once that starts happening, um, I don't know. I'm wondering if we're going to see some pullback and maybe some opportunities for buying places and, you know, equipment and stuff like that. I, I think, I think some people will definitely go back, but I think a lot of people have now seen what is capable, what life is capable of being. Like, why do I need to go? In, they're asking that question at least. Why do I need to go in the office? And why am I wasting my time commuting? Yeah. Going to a job I, I hate. Right. Because there's other ways to live life. And that's part of, you know, the beauty of the ski bum lifestyle is that, you know, people who do it, they realize that this is the life they want to live. All yeah. the, the titles, the fancy cars, the, uh, you know, all that stuff is not as important as being out there in the snow. And that's and really, an opportunity to make it happen almost, right? Like COVID's enabled that. It's like people have gotten a second chance to yeah. evaluate their priorities. Cause you know, again, it's like when you're in high school, you're told go to college, you know, then what do you do after college? You get a job. What do you do after you get a job? You get married. When do you have to get married? You have kids. You're kind of like given these instructions on what you're supposed to do. That's right. And now this whole COVID has been like for a lot of people, a rude awakening where they're like, wait a minute, I've been doing everything I was told. I'm still getting screwed. I'm miserable. I'm going to do something else. Like screw this. Yeah. Why do I want to sit going? Like you said, sit in traffic every day going to work for, for what, right? It's, yeah. it's ridiculousness. You see how stupid it is now mm -hmm. looking from the outside. You're like, you mean we get in our cars, like we get ready, we get in our car, we go to work. I spend probably between the commute and getting ready hour and a half to two hours, getting up, getting coffee, shower, all that shit. When I could just get up and start working like it, that's, that's, a lot of precious time every day you're getting back maybe an hour and a half, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, and then the commute home is the other side of it too. Like, great. I could, I don't have to worry about leaving at four 30 because I got to beat traffic, get home by five 30, six o'clock to do stuff, blah, blah, blah. I'm home, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know I've, I know where I stand on this and I've made my claim that I'm, I can't keep doing my real job. Like I want to focus on this podcast. I want to make it better. I want to do more with it and see what's cap what's possible because there are so many people right now who are making their livings podcasting and yeah, they're not all making Joe Rogan money, but they're getting by they're living. They can pay their bills because they have an interesting point of view, an interesting message. Yeah. And it, we live in a time where this is a possibility. You don't need yeah. to be miserable every single goddamn day of your life going to a job that you hate. You can be your own brand, your own person, your own identity. And I think that's really important. And that's something that I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I'm, I can't do the corporate gig anymore. I, I cannot hold my tongue. I cannot be, I cannot be held down the rest of my life after experiencing Holding a tiny down. bit of freedom. Yeah. I can't do it. So yeah, I am my own man. I have to be this way. And that goes into your algorithm. See, that's a different algorithm for different purpose. Yeah. And you take that into account. Yeah. I've been planning for this for a couple of years now and I'm, I, I, I'm done. I can't keep doing this.
That's awesome. I am my own man. God damn it. I don't know what else I got to say about that. I mean, it's pretty, pretty punctual way to end something. So, you know, again, re- I'll repost the algorithm. And again, this is for you to take you to look at it for your point of view, the things you value, the things that matter to you. You can adjust the tweaks, adjust the knobs and dials to what is most important to you and help you find your little special ski town that you feel should be where you lay roots, where you grow, where your empire, your destiny, your compound, where, where it can flourish and grow because that's sort of what we're looking to do too. That's nice. Yep. Well, on that note, thank you so much for listening. I'm yawning. I don't Check know. us out, skibumpodcast.com. Go to your favorite <laughs> podcasting apps, rate and subscribe. Send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, untap at skibumpodcast. Big thank you to Paradise Skis. Go to paradiseskis.com. 15% off using the code skibum15. Happy New Year, everyone. We really do appreciate you, all the yeah. listeners, all the comments, all the emails. Like, we've had so many great people reach out to us. We do appreciate it. 2022 is coming. We're doing more skiing. Hopefully, we can connect, hang out with you. Thank you again for listening. Happy New Year. I'll talk to you guys next year. Stay high, stay falutin, and Happy New Year. See ya. No.